everybody, and thanks for taking time out of your busy schedule to listen into our Hilco Global Smarter Perspective podcasts. Uh, most return listeners know by now I'm your host, Steve Katz. But if this is your first time on the podcast with us, well, then welcome. We're glad that you could join in. Uh, today, we're going to be talking to Gary Dressler, uh, who's a return guest, and he's Senior Valuation Director at Hilco Valuation Services. And he's going to be talking about what's been going on in the wholesale horticulture and nursery industry. Uh, a lot of people might not think about the fact that um, Hilco plays in that area, but it is a, uh, a very large market. And uh, in particular, today, Gary's going to be talking about larger growers. He's going to walk us through a variety of other considerations for ABLs to consider as they move ahead with existing and future borrowers in the space. So, Gary, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Steve. Great to be here. Big business uh, nurseries and horticulture. So we're glad to have you on. Um, and, you know, being from the Midwest, this is usually around the time that I actually stop thinking about my yard and garden and all the plants that I probably killed over the course of the summer. But, uh, you know, the horticulture and nursery industry is, as I said, big business, lots of lending behind it. And uh, I'm sure the PL never sleeps. So let's just jump right into it. Uh, I'm guessing the, the wholesale nursery business, like so many others, is closely tied to the housing market. Uh, in addition, of course, to the overall financial health of the country. And there's quite a bit going on right now in both of those areas. So what can you share about those relationships and what's been learned over the years that can help these businesses right now? Yes, Steve, I mean, that's absolutely right. I mean, the wholesale nursery industry, very impacted by the construction levels. And as everyone knows, uh, more recently been slowing down with the higher interest rates, you know, slash mortgage rates. But, you know, frankly, we've seen numerous peaks and valleys like this o- over the years. And, you know, certainly, you know, we're not at anywhere close to the issues like during the Great Recession with the housing crash, you know, which that kind of peaked in 2008, 2009. At that time, you know, prior to that, Demand was strong, and so the the wholesale nursery industry had built up a lot of inventory. And you know, when the housing crashing occurred, there was a lot of inventory, low demand, and frankly, you know, consumers at the time got very accustomed to seeing uh, discounted pricing. And you know, the industry, the wholesale industry, you know, basically had to move the product being a live uh, product, and uh, there was a lot of uh, discounting. And when that discounting happens, something like that, it, it takes a while to break that cycle. And, you know, basically, if I'm a consumer and I bought a plant uh, a prior year, it was at this level, discount the level, you're not going to be too quick to start paying a, a, a lot more. And that slowly improved, you know, margins improved for the year. Uh, Wholesale, wholesale nursery industry, everything from there was less inventory, and also this constantly uh, this industry constantly coming out with new plant types, and slowly pricing more or less uh, normalized. Yeah, I mean that does make a lot of sense, and I think we on other podcasts we've talked about the fact that there's a lot to be learned. Uh, from these trends that we see over time in certain types of cycles like uh, recession and so forth. But when you talk, when you talk about trends, the pandemic obviously is a totally different animal. 
So I'm curious, how did that period impact the industry? It was almost like the opposite. You know, the the pandemic, it was like you mentioned, totally a different animal. It, It was, you know, you had after the initial impact from the pandemic and its lockdowns, very strong home sales, and there was a huge demand for gardening products. And that really contributed to a, a very strong, you know, robust uh, industry of growth. I'm going to throw out you know, a few statistics. By some estimates, the pandemic created over 18 million new consumer gardeners. And what I found you know, fascinating was a lot were in the millennial age range. Mm-hmm. And you know, working from home, so you have more time at home without the commute. Disposable income was strong and just daily access to outdoor space. And at the same time with the pandemic, you know, there was that strong construction level increase. And, uh, you know, there was probably in some stats you know, from 2020 to 2021, the younger uh, customer demographics, U.S. and Canadian garden centers actually experienced like a 65 percent increase in millennial customer demographics, and for Gen Z customers, a 44% increase. So it it was very uh, strong. And according to the National Gardening Association in 2021, 42% of the respondents increased the gardening activities due to to the pandemic. And most people have said at that time, and I'm sure going back to work, it's tailed off some from the, from those heights, but it still has been very uh, strong. And, and I would say this is after prior issues, like I mentioned about the Great Recession, growers did not overly expand their plantings too much. So even with some weakening, you know, construction has slowed down more recently less disposable income with no recessionary environment, industry is really a lot better prepared than it had been to say back back in that 2008, 2009, and other times when we've had ups and downs uh, cycles. Yeah. Well, I'm, you know, fool me, fool me once, shame on me, fool me twice. (laughs) Shame on on you. No, it's the other way around, actually. Fool me. (laughs) Shame on you. Fool me twice. Shame on me. But yeah, I think it's, uh, you know, sort of holding back and and restraint. I think we've, again, we've seen in any number of industries um, in terms of inventory levels, holding holding those and making sure that you don't have this sort of irrational level of exuberance over what could be, because it does seem to come to an end as it did here. So as you know, I speak with a lot of specialists across the you know, a number of industries, and there are some pretty consistent themes these days, uh, including consolidation and the shift to e-commerce. What's going on the, in the industry related to those? Yeah, sure. The retail distribution channel. So this is, you know, uh, there has been some consolidation, and this hasn't been like just over overnight. It really, has been over let's say the last twenty plus years. There was a shift of some of the business that was done by local independent nurseries to these large home centers, you know, mass merchants, names everyone has heard of, Home Depot, Lowe's, Walmart, Costco, Target, as such. Uh, And so with the relatively low price 
of most live you know, plants that you would see at, at the retail stores. It encourages impulse buying from consumers. So they're at the stores where they're you know, buying the uh, plants when they're buying something uh, else. And, and I would say with these large retailers is they have that much more power and they're that much more demanding of the large wholesale industry that are supplying them. And so it, it's critical to have, you know, they have very strong demanding delivery schedules. You have to be able to fulfill large volume requirements. Oftentimes it's value added services, everything from helping the retailers on their ordering time to order. It may be even as far as having some paying for the wholesalers paying for some quality control and maintaining of the plants at locations. But I would say even with that consolidation, the there are still so many, it's really still a highly fragmented industry. And there's still a very large number of local independent uh, nurseries. In regards, you mentioned about e-commerce, the industry was, you know, not an early adopter of ordering online, but there has been some uh, increase in that avenue. So a end user can go online, place a order for a plant to, from a large grower and pick it up at a local independent a retailer. And the advantage of the independent retailer in that case is typically if you're going to visit one of their stores and you're picking up a plant that you ordered online, is frequently they're going to be buying something else from the uh, from that retailer. But I should point out, it's still a very small percentage of sales that are being conducted through e-commerce online. It's growing, but it's still very, uh, very uh, small. Um, there's a few other you know, trends I, I can point out. One is there's been a significant increase in live tree plant you know, flowers being imported to the U.S. from overseas in the last uh, decade. In, in 2011, those values, uh, the inventory value was approximately $1.8 billion in 2011. And it's now over $3.5 billion. So that's cutting into some U.S. growers' business. And the other thing that I have seen visiting a number of uh, nurseries is just with the high increase in labor costs and the continued uh, need to improve quality of the, of the plants and consistency of how the plants look, which is very important to all retailers, is there's been an increase in automation at the actual uh, nurseries. So uh, plants of a smaller size, say in a one gallon pot, will be transferred to a two gallon pot. That process, which was very labor intensive, has become a lot more automated. There's also out in the field automated equipment that now can better space the plants from each other. Also, automation of the pruning of the plants, again, for consistency reasons. So you know, while there's a cap of cost for all this equipment, the savings is in labor. And again, plant quality 
it, it does uh, get improved. Yeah, very interesting. Um, you know, you you kind of touched on it briefly earlier, and I and I wanted to go back to it because. I thought it was interesting, you know, the, the very nature of the business selling a living and growing product must create some unique challenges that other industries don't face. I mean, you know, even with perishable foods, which are really tricky, obviously, you don't have that continued growth consideration. So what what kind of a burden does that place on operators in the industry and, and how challenging is that for them? Yeah, I, I mean, it, it really is. And, it, you know, it really makes this a unique inventory for collateral purposes for your, for a lender. Uh, as you said, these are living and growing products and their health of the plants, trees, shrubs, et cetera, is subject to weather conditions. One, you have issues, you know, potential issues with pests, poten- potential disease, and the requirements of continually proper maintenance and watering of the uh, plants. So, you know, the handling of perishable products often requires nurseries to sell customers on a right-now basis. Plants are ready, mature, and they have to be shipped out quickly. So the constant maintenance is, is so critical. The other thing is, is just the nature of the industry. It's forecasting. is so important. You know, the growers, they use their internal forecast, but also on forecast from key customers, if the sales are overly aggressive, the grower can run the risk of carrying these unsold mature crops into the next year. And that's obviously not possible for certain plant uh, types. Or, you know, unfortunately, the crops would have to be uh, scrapped if they're not sold. But then there's a forecasting for growers. The forecasting is so critical. And, you know, Growers use both key customer forecasts as well as internal estimations. If the sales forecasts are overly aggressive, the grower runs the risk that they're going to be carrying unsold mature crops. And some, you know, some plants you can't carry over until the following year. But, you know, the crops would have and some crops would have to be scrapped if they're not sold and could not be carried over into the following year. You know, poor weather conditions could also delay the start of a selling season. So all these things can, you know, impact uh, the grower and forecasting planting levels to coincide with the sales expectations is so critical to every grower. The other, you know, that's a little different in the industry uh, compared to a lot of other industries is it's a highly seasonal business and it varies by region and sales fluctuate by growing season and demand in different areas of the of the country so so much to think about in terms of what you're talking about and it's so, and it really is complex i mean it's you know the more i think about it the more i realize how highly specialized this business is uh and how unlike almost any, anything else from an industry and inventory perspective it is which makes it, I would think, doubly important for lenders to really stay uh, in the know, if you will, about what's going on with borrowers in their portfolios. So what thoughts can you share with asset-based lenders who have exposure to the industry, what they, you know, things that they should be looking at, focused on, conversations they should be having right now? 
Sure. You know, every industry has its complexities and horticulture, nursery is certainly uh, no exception at all. It is, it's a lot for the lenders to stay on top of everything. But, you know, we suggest, you know, right now, keep company financial data. These are, you know, very similar to many other industries, whether it's, you know, sales uh, levels, gross margins, inventory levels, turnover. But, you know, key, uh, some key things for the lender are, in this industry, some uh, large wholesalers use different costing methodologies. Some use standard costs, which might be uh, more similar to other industries. This industry also used, many wholesalers use a pulled cost method. I won't go into the details of that, but critical no matter what method of costing is used, it, it is an industry that the lender has to stay on top of with proper company reporting so they don't get to the end of the year and find out that there were large scrap levels, that sales did not materialize as well, and, and there's a lot of carryover, things of that uh, nature. And a lender has to be comfortable with, a, with the company continuous program of monitoring the quality and health of its plants. Obviously, as we discussed, you know, being a, a live uh, product and things such as adverse weather conditions, pest control, things of that uh, nature. Scrap, nature of the industry, but scrap occurs. So scrap uh, should be monitored, levels of it, and provided to the lender on a regular basis. But, and I would say, again, key for all industries, but this one uh, as well, product margin has to be uh, monitored. It's if product is has to be discounted significantly, which a lot of times occurs later in the busy selling season, has to be uh, uh, re reviewed. Additionally, input costs of labor, materials, fuel you know, have increased in, in recent years, well documented, and uh, you know companies have had to pay higher wages in various uh, geographies. There's a lot of nuances in the industry, some eligible inventory that that lenders are advancing on for some wholesalers. It's eligible inventory, even when shipped and inventory is at re retailers. Again, that's not for all loans, but on some that is the case. Yeah. And the monitoring of shrink rates at retailers is, is would be a critical in that situation. And obviously, there's all uh, you know regulations as far as EPA and other water uh, agencies disposal of waste and things of that nature that has to be uh, taken into consideration. We also recommend separate advance rates, one in conjunction with the low selling period, and one with the high selling period. You know, typically the high selling period would have the higher recoveries. There's a higher percentage of mature crops at that time. So that, that's a, a, another thing is the issue with the low selling period is it really can be a backloaded sales strategy. You'll have a lot of expenses cost for maintaining the plants. And it's not until the higher selling season where it'll flip back and make it 
more profitable. So there's numerous considerations associated with these. Yeah, yeah. Listen, you know, that's exactly what I thought. It just, there's, it's such a complex business. And you, and you said it, you know, every industry has its nuances and lenders need to stay on top of it, but there's just a lot going on here. Um, so, I, you know, I really appreciate you taking the time. Unfortunately, we, we're out of time now, um, but I think you've given uh, listeners a lot to think about and a lot of great information. And it's clear that you and the team can bring a lot of value to the relationships that they hold with their borrowers across horticulture and uh, nurseries. So if they have any questions, want to learn more, um, maybe have something happening with one of those businesses that they just want to bounce off you, what's the best way to get in touch with you? Sure. You know, it's been my pleasure. I enjoy speaking with anyone who, do, who has any questions on the topic, lender or borrower. The My phone number, cell phone number is 401-225-5901. My email is gdressler, so that's G-D-R-E-S-S-L-E-R, at Hilco Global, H-I-L-C-O-G-L-O-B-A-L.com. Great. All right. Thanks again, Gary. Really appreciate it. And listeners, as always, we hope that the Smarter Perspective podcast provided you with at least one key takeaway that you can put to good use in your business or share with a colleague or client to help make them that much more successful moving forward. And one last thing, please remember that you can check out more great podcasts and articles featuring timely insights from Hilco experts like Gary at hilcoglobal.com forward slash smarter dash perspectives. So until next time for Hilco Global, I'm Steve Katz.